I want to just, I felt like in worship, you know, it's interesting if you've been to both services on the same Sunday, you know that it's the same framework, like the handout you have, we're going to fill out those blanks. But how many of you know it's a uniquely specific message, a revelation God wants to bring? And so I didn't sense this in the first service, but I sensed this in the second. And I want to just tell you what I believe God's about to do. And then I want us to take a few moments and just pray, heaven we come, and really fulfill what God desires to do. I felt the Holy Spirit was saying to me that he was dismantling disqualification in this room in a powerful, profound, deep, and meaningful way. Some of you in this room have disqualified yourselves. And by doing so, you're eliminating what God wants to do through your life and the lives of other people. Don't deprive others of what God's trying to do deep in your heart. You receive that today? So Lord, we, we really need an encounter with God. We don't need productions and positive speeches. Lord, we need an encounter with you. We pray that the purposes of God would be awakened within us, that we would understand what you're calling us to, to do together as a church family to really leave the world a better place. Thank you for all the fruit that we've celebrated today and the things that we've heard, tremendous things that are going on. And I pray, Lord, you would truly take us deeper. You would awaken a greater appetite and more precise wisdom, Lord, to be applied to those appetites, that you would help us to make an impact in our five-foot circle everywhere we go all the days of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So whatever you need, God is. It's a grand statement, but it's so true. When you have need of provision, then your need completes His name. He's Jehovah Jireh. When you have need of healing, then your need completes His name. He's not just Jehovah, He's Jehovah Rapha. So God has revealed throughout Scripture, Genesis to Revelation, Jesus in every single book of the Bible. There's 66 messages on our website. I would invite you to go and listen to those messages and find out Maybe as you're reading through, you know, our big thing here, we try and really promote that everybody get in the Word. You be a, a self-feeder. If the only time you're eating spiritually is when somebody else is feeding you, then you're living a spiritually malnourished life. So I encourage you to get an old-fashioned Bible, start in the book of Genesis, right at the, day at the top of the page, every day turn one page. Read other stuff in there if you want, but if you'll every day turn the page, and if you miss a day, if you miss a week, don't worry about it. Just pick up right where you were, and when your children and your children's children read your Bible and see that you weren't perfect on your dates, it'll let them off the hook. How many of you know you let other people off the hook when you admit you're not perfect? Part of the dismantling is going on right now with that statement. Some of you need to hear me when I say not being perfect is actually part of the ministry plan for other people to be able to receive what you have to provide. And so, so just get that today as God begins to awaken some things in our hearts. But I encourage you, read through, the book of, read through every book of the Bible. And when you get to each book, when you get to Leviticus, go on to our website, destinychristian.com. Find the Jesus in the Bible series and read how Jesus is uniquely revealed in the book of Leviticus. That actually was my favorite of all the books because it is so wild how God's revealed in places that we look at and we don't necessarily comprehend and understand. 
So I'm trying to, as a pastor, I'm just trying to walk through and understand, okay, I've answered the call of God. Uh, I know part of what I'm to do is to get up in front of forums of a family of the church and encourage you and inspire you and empower you to become more of who God's called you to be. That's what God wants to do no matter where you are, no matter what season of your life. God is there to meet the need, whatever the need is. He's always whatever it is that you need. That's just the nature of God. So understanding that, it really helps us to look at the most important portions of Scripture that we have a sense in our heart that this is vital. If you find an Old Testament portion of Scripture that Jesus went to the trouble of actually reading through himself, then we should probably pay close attention to that. So that's what we're doing. We're looking in the book of Isaiah, not only at the prophecy, unto us a child is born, but then the progression of that book and how it comes to an explanation of what happens when that son begins to happen to the world. Jesus happens to the world, awakens God's purposes in our hearts. We discover that life is more than merely existing. There's something called truly living that only happens when the purposes of God are awakened within us. How many of you knew what it was to live a meaningless existence existence before you came to know Christ. And when you came, somebody ought to just amen that. When you came to know Jesus, suddenly the purpose of God began to be awakened in your heart. And listen carefully, the more self-absorbed you choose to live after coming to know Christ, the more defeated you'll constantly feel. But when you realize you're not a reservoir, you're a river, then you'll start to recognize the purpose for the anointing is not just to make me free, but the purpose of the anointing is to make me a freedom fighter so that other people can get free. Come on, that's the anointing in our hearts and our lives. And so we see Jesus revealed in unique ways throughout the Scripture. We find this in the four Gospels. And so I've had four weeks with you as we've been asking heaven come. And I wanted us to look at each of the four Gospels, a different presentation or revelation or reflection of who Jesus is. Matthew was written as uh, revealing Jesus as the king. It was written primarily to the Jews. So we, we looked and, and saw the proof Matthew gives in the book of Matthew that Jesus is the king. Mark, we saw that Jesus was revealed as the obedient servant. And that helped us see a little bit of a picture of how we're to be obedient to the Lord and serve the lives of those around us. And then uh, Luke, last week we talked about how Luke reveals Jesus as the Son of Man. When you read your Bible, you'll see sometimes Jesus is referenced as the Son of Man. Sometimes Jesus is referenced as the Son of God. What gives? It's important that you know that because the Son of God is the humanity of Jesus. I'm sorry. Back up. The Son of Man expresses the humanity of Jesus, and the Son of God expresses the deity of Jesus, and it's His humanity that gives Him entrance into our lives. We can understand Him, and it's His deity that stretches us to become more of what God designed us to be from the very beginning of time. You... You are anointed and gifted by God, and you need that to be awakened within you. Stop disqualifying yourself. Unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. Did you hear what Tracy said? Imagine the angels. 
This gift was about to come to the earth, and the angels knew the power of Christ that was about to be unleashed in an ocean of humanity. I don't know what they were anticipating, and I don't know what they were expecting. I don't know what Old Testament prophets thought it would look like when one person, you understand, one person a generation would carry the anointing of God into their generation. And when they would begin to prophesy, they knew that one day the Messiah would come, and it wouldn't just be Isaiah alone in his day. It wouldn't just be Ezekiel alone in his day. It wouldn't just be Hosea alone in his day. But suddenly, there would be millions of Isaiahs walking the planet, carrying the power of God within them. How much more do we need to discover what God has purposed in our lives? You are the anointed sons and daughters of God of our day. You are the giant killers of our generation. Heaven come. When heaven shows up, everything begins to change when we're willing to cooperate with what God is trying to do. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. Very important portion of this scripture, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And the government, 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 what is the government of God? Whatever it is, it'll be on his shoulders. The government of God is not like the government of our nation. The government of God is the kingdom of God. The kingdom is the king's dominion, and the king's dominion has been released through Christ in our lives. The government, the king's dominion, is on the shoulders. You understand the shoulders are part of the body. Jesus is the head of the church. How many of you in this room are part of the body of Christ? Let me just hear your voice if you're part of the body of Christ. That is who we are. We're the family of God, the body of Christ. The king's dominion rests upon the body of Christ and the earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus ushered this into the earth, and then he unleashed us to carry what he brought into the ends of the earth. There are some prophecies Jesus didn't actually fulfill that were spoken of the Messiah, that he would release the anointing in the earth and accomplish certain things. And the reason he didn't actually fulfill them is because he released the anointing for you and I then to fulfill those things that he did not complete because you are anointed by God to accomplish the things God initiated in the earth. The more you cooperate with your assignment from heaven, The more you cooperate with your assignment from heaven, the more God's kingdom begins to expand in the earth. And when the kingdom expands in the earth, people's lives completely, completely change. We need the anointing. This goes on in Isaiah, and here it is. Here's the portion of Scripture Jesus read, Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Remember, this is Jesus initiating this in the earth, not completing it. He's awakening this. That means you and I are to carry it on. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead. Would you say instead? Please understand, God doesn't just remove the curse. God reverses the curse. A crown of beauty instead of ashes. I will reverse your ashes into beauty. I won't just remove them. I will reverse them. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I won't just remove your despair. I will reverse it into a place of celebration and praise. They will be called oaks of righteousness. They, they, 
They will be called, who, who is they? They will be called oaks of righteousness. They, the, you understand, they is talking about the people that came out of ashes that used to be in mourning and living in despair. They, they will now be awakened to the purposes of God and they will be called oaks of, are there any oaks of righteousness in this place? Rooted and planted deep and strong in the Lord. They will be oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of God's splendor. They will rebuild ancient ruins. You know what? God's rebuilding ancient ruins when you are rebuilding ancient ruins. God will use you to rebuild ancient ruins. I'm prophesying to some people today that are starting a new generation of raising up a legacy of children that will serve Jesus. Maybe you didn't come from that legacy, but God's awakening that in your life, and that's going to perpetuate out of who you are because you are a planting of the Lord for the display of his, of his splendor. It's a beautiful declaration of what God wants to do in the earth. They, that's us. They, that's you. It's powerful. Jesus came as a son of God. Just a glimpse at Galatians chapter 3 this week on your own in your reading, and you will find out with certainty because of Christ, he came as the Son of God to awaken the sons and daughters of God in the earth. In other words, he didn't come to complete it. He came to release it. He, you understand, this is God's plan. He didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled the law as he awakened the anointing within all humanity that's willing to cooperate with the kingdom of God, the king's dominion in the earth. This is the Son of God. Unto us a child is born. Heaven come. So the Son of Man reveals that I build relationships with people and interact with them on a level that they can comprehend and understand. I'm just human, just like you. There's a dismantling going on. Some of you all are not comfortable with this part of the ministry. Some of you think the ministry is pretending like you've got everything all together, but it's not having it all together that gives me entrance into your life because if you don't have it all together, I don't have to all together. Nobody has to have it all together. You know, I start talking about things like, uh, you know, different ideas that I've, I see coming and, and the Destiny Dream Center. Man, I just want to see the Destiny Dream Center take place. I, I want to see a place where we can house people that want to walk out of the bondages that have held them captive and destroyed the, the legacy that's been upon their lives because the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. I want to see that happen. And when I say that, some of you light up because it's, it's where you've come from. And I think about, you know, Brad and Stacy again, a little bit of conversation up here a little while ago, and I'm just going to point in their direction a little more, because when I hear about Brad's story, and I hear about the heavy, hard drug use that he uh, experienced as a child, before ever getting into his latter teen years, he was strung out in some heavy drug stuff, and he had to come out of that. Stacia had to come out of that. Why don't you two just stand? I'm just declaring today, there's a new anointing, a fresh anointing that's coming upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, come on. As you have stepped into a new understanding and revelation of Christ and now walk through that, pass through baptismal waters, serving notice on the enemy in this house, starting now to awaken the purposes of God in the lives of others, new strength comes upon you in this season of your life in Jesus' mighty name. See, they get excited when they hear about the Dream Center, but be careful. Beware, because some people get excited and they say, Pastor, 
That's an awesome idea. I can't wait for you to develop that program so we can have that as a church ministry at the church where I attend. You see what's happening. We're backing out. Instead, what Brad and Stacia have done is they've said, hey, that resonates within me. You know what? We're going to bring some people into our home, and we're going to see their lives completely transformed. And that's what they've been doing. And now they're going to begin to start cultivating a community group that's actually going to be breaking bondages on purpose, taking people through some form of 12-step interaction. Come on, do you understand what's in you should not be waiting on me to catch up with you. What's in you should be coming alive right here, right now, whatever that is. You don't have to wait on me. You be you. We gather as a church family to get under the anointing of Christ. And then together as a family, we change the world. And there'll be expressions that will look a lot like the organizational structure of what God's called us to. But there's some expressions of your life that just needs to be the expression of your life. Greg and Shannon Covell came to me a few years back. And man, I just... Greg, Greg began to tell me, I, you know, I really want to see just some kind of expression of appreciation for the people who put their lives on the line, the police officers in our society that are, you know, getting, getting so much bad press, and so many of them are so good, and, and we, this is what I said, we should do something to let them know, don't you agree, Pastor? And in that conversation, I said, I agree, but you have to know how many times I've had the conversation with somebody in the church who came to me and said, we should do something translated. I'm waiting for you, Pastor, to take the burden that's in my heart and make something happen. And Greg, shortly after that, he and his family came together and they just started putting together care packages and expressions of appreciation and going to these different stations, thanking people for serving and doing what God, you know, when God puts something in your heart, listen, just because Brad and Stacia opened their home to people doesn't mean you open your home. Just because the Covels, they put their care packages doesn't mean you put together care packages. This is the beauty of the kingdom of God. You be you all the way and the kingdom of God emerges out of the midst of everybody in the room. But what is the you I'm talking to? Because when it gets covered up with all these layers of all the stuff I want to do for me, then we lose sight of what it is to be the obedient servant that walks in the expression of the Son of Man, interacting with individuals on a human level, embracing the Son of God, releasing that which Jesus brought in a deity expression, and we're not just here. I mean, you just got to understand, we're not here just to open up a social expression of meeting people's needs. I want you to hear me all the way through on this, okay? We're not just here to open up. There, a lot of good people in the world can do a lot of good things in the world. They can say, you know what? We're going to help the hungry, and they then provide food banks. A lot of people can say, we're going to help those impoverished. Tracy and I are in love with the, the ministry called Bridges Out of Poverty. 
we are in love with it. I think it might be something that we begin to spearhead ourselves within the structure. I'm not sure. We've been talking even about uh, making it a point to get with the leaders in another city that are leading this. We love that. But, but here's the thing. We aren't just interested in trying to make social action, meeting people's needs, our ultimate goal. Because you and I carry something the social clubs could never carry, and that's the anointing. And I want to explain the power of the anointing as we're talking about the Son of God and what He's released within our hearts and within our lives. This is not just about taking people that are in poverty and helping them not be so impoverished. This is about taking people that are in poverty and having them not be so impoverished and breaking the spirit of poverty off of their lives in Jesus' mighty name. There is a spiritual battle that must be fought on a spiritual level, and there is a natural battle that must be fought on a natural level. And you cannot fight spiritual battles on natural levels, and you cannot fight natural battles on spiritual levels. Somebody shout! We are releasing something today. Ha! The lion of the tribe of Judah is alive in you. Do not silence his roar. What is God asking of you? What is God asking of you? The world is waiting for you to figure out who you are. All creation eagerly awaits for the sons and daughters to be revealed. I'm quoting scripture. When you figure out who you are, the world around you begins to change. We've not merely been rescued from darkness. Fill it in if you would, please. We've been given the light. God didn't just extract us out of darkness. He awakened light within us, and now we're piercing the darkness and penetrating the enemy's ranks and lines, and we are taking people with us on this journey. Let me just tell you, I promise you tomorrow night, we will clearly give a salvation altar call. When we gather and and, and you invited people, I guarantee they will hear about the love, the life, and the power of Jesus Christ anytime you bring your friends and family members here. I want you to know, we're not just here to rally people together for positivity so we can rally more crowds together. We want to see people's lives completely transformed in the love and the power and anointing of Jesus Christ. When we are born, we take our first breath. And I want to ask you a question as you think about that. Are you, on a scale of 1 to 10, are you living a life that is inspired by God? Are you living a life that is inspired by God? Scale of 1 to 10, what's that number for you? If you were assessing on a scale of one to ten, just how inspired, like ten, you're on fire. Your eyes, your, your words have weight. Your eyes pierce your, your, the strength in your soul that's a result because you've been spending time with God. That'd be a ten. One, you made it today. The songs were going and you, you gave it your best. One to ten. What's your number? You got your number? I'm just going to tell you, God wants to take your number up. And if you're at a ten, he wants to redefine your ten. Because there's always more 
in the eternal nature of God for every one of us to explore. And I believe that God can take us another level forward. But you've got to understand something. When you were first, inspired means breathed into, okay? That's, that's what the word means. Inspired means breathed into. Hopefully you're feeling a sense of inspiration today. I'm breathing life into your situation. Some of you, disqualifications being absolutely dismantled. You're feeling a sense of inspiration. Inspired means breathed into. When you were born, you took your first breath. When you were born again, you breathed in God's breath for the very first time. And you must continue to breathe in God's breath in order to stay inspired by God. Stay inspired by God. Don't settle for less than that. So let me just give you the framework of what our anticipation is coming into 2019. We want you to stay inspired by God. And I'm going to reiterate it again. If the only time you're eating spiritually is when you're showing up to church and somebody else is feeding you, then you're living a life that's spiritually malnourished and you are not inspired by God the way God wants you to be inspired by God. So I encourage you to get in the Word, spend time in places of prayer, and in the course of the beginning of the year, we always lay out a tithe of the year together as a family. 365 days, 10%, 36.5 days. We're just going to round it up to 40 days. We want to focus in on the first 40 days of the year where we're devoting ourselves to another level of the pursuit of God. Are you going there? I'm not just saying, do you like the idea? Are you going there? Are you willing to do this? Go deeper, dig harder, press in more, discover more of what God has in mind for your life, for your family, for your legacy. The first 40 days is just this focus. We're going to make sure we're here at church. If you're able to make it for Tuesday morning, 6 o'clock prayer, particularly in that 40 days, come on, let's just stir some things up and declare God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond, and we're stirring our faith to believe so that we can advance and do all God's called us to accomplish in the world that's around us, not just in the natural, but in the supernatural as well. And in the framework of that 40 days, what you'll find is the first Sunday in January to the last Sunday in January is 21 days. During that time, we want to focus in on the Daniel fast. I'm calling the church to fast. It's going to look different for everyone, and don't be judging somebody if you see them eating a donut. All right? This is not about legalism and bondage. This is not about finding out the Daniel fast and living it to the best. I want want you to understand what it is. If you figure out the Daniel fast, and then you do it perfectly, and then you look down on anybody that's not doing it perfectly, then that is called being a Pharisee. We don't want to do that. I'm not trying to awaken that. I just want to deepen a hunger. So you might modify the Daniel fast. Don't judge people if they're doing it differently. For me, it's just no meats, no sweets. It's where Daniel didn't eat the the rich foods of the king. So for 21 days, I want to call you to a Daniel fast or some resemblance thereof. Whatever that looks like for you, I'm just talking about you're depriving yourself of some physical appetite because your spiritual appetite is stronger than your physical appetite. We're going deeper. That first Sunday... We'll kick in focusing on our, our 40-day values. And, and the last Sunday of January, that night, we're going to have a worship and baptism night. And it's going to be powerful. We're going to spend time just in worship and prayer and pursuing God. People's, uh, people are going to pass through waters of baptism. And just like it was, listen very carefully. Some of you have never been baptized in water. Some of you have been baptized. And maybe it was more of a ceremonial expression for you. And you didn't understand what I'm about to tell you. But you need to hear what I'm about to say. The Israelites came out of the bondage of Egypt. That expresses how we come out of the bondage of the world system. The first thing that the Israelites did when they came out of the world system was they passed through waters. 
This is why water baptism is an important part of your faith and you're walking it out with God. It's not a requirement for salvation, but it's significant. And when they came through those waters, folks, they didn't just pass through the waters. That which had held them captive for generations prior actually perished in the water the day they passed through the water. And we mix our faith in such a way that bondages, addictions, and things that have held you captive in times past stay in the water. You go through the water and come out and victory is yours on another level. Somebody shout amen. God wants to do something in you. Sometimes we've got to walk through these things as expressions, not a ceremonial, sweet, nice, religious thing to do, but I'm putting my faith on this thing. I've been fasting and praying on this Daniel fast. There's some things going to break off when I come through those waters. Maybe you've gone through a baptism before and you didn't understand it. And the Israelites actually passed through the water a second time when they went through the river Jordan at flood stage. And that was when they were going into a greater place of promise. Whatever that looks like for you. I'm challenging you that we would just be hungry for more. Hungry. I'm making room right now because the Holy Spirit's convicting. And I sense the Holy Spirit convicting some hearts. Conviction is a beautiful thing with God. It's not condemnation. It's a drawing into the deeper purposes of what he's desiring for you to know. Holy Spirit. Some of you need to understand that being a part of your church family, like a real part, not making it to church and kind of having your general seat assignment, but like really being a contributing part of the church family is a part of your spiritual well-being. God has purposed that we would come together as a church family, God's family in the earth, not just to attend church together, but to actually engage on a level of community, loving, serving, giving, that's very devoted together because we believe in each other. If you've not stepped into that role as a, as a member of the church family, then take a moment, fill out the, the connect card. Let us know the first 40 days of the year is how we walk that out. We used to just say, how many of you want to be a member? People raise their hands. Awesome. You're a member. You're a member. Hey, you're a member. It's great. But you know what? We've decided to take it to another place where we help people understand this is not about trying to just rally attenders together who will call themselves members. We want to make disciples, and we want you to understand what it is to be a part of the family of God. So we want to have a personal meeting with you and have that discussion as you walk that out. I want to ask you to really reflect on the action point this next week. And that is just truly begin to allow the Holy Spirit. I'll begin talking about this very heavily but allow the Holy Spirit to begin to awaken the fact that you are fully known and you are fully loved. That in and of itself will dismantle some things. He who knows you best loves you most. There's something so terrifying about being fully known. And something so gratifying, fulfilling about being fully loved. You are fully known. Listen, you are still called, even though you're fully known. You know, the all would not want me preaching if you knew all the stuff that's going on in my life. Do you know that you all would have some real concerns about me if you knew all my failures, my weakness. This is my Instagram expression for the week right here. How many get the picture just right before you post it on Instagram? How many of you deleted pictures before you took the pictures? That's not a good one. I won't get a different one. 
How many of you posted a picture that was good of you but bad of your friend and your friend hated you for it? <laughs> this is the time when I shine. I get up here, man, I feel the anointing of God, the power of God. If you're not careful, you'll get confused by that because you'll think I glow at night and float in the water and can't get down. The, but I promise you that's not the case. I promise you you'd be uncomfortable with my humanity if you could see the level of humanity that I have to struggle with personally as a person, as a man. Does that make you uncomfortable? Because it should. Yet at the same time, because of my transparency and because of my humility and because of community, my family, this last week, I said to my family, here's some things that God's convicting me of and I'm going to make a change. And I didn't know exactly how they'd respond and Tracy just said, to make sure the girls got it, we just want to say thank you for caring for yourself and for our family spiritually. Can I just tell you, you don't have to have it all together. You just got to stay on this journey and keep on walking it all out. Come on, let's stand together. How many know the more you walk with Jesus, the better your good days become and the fewer your bad days are? It's this incredible journey with Him, but it doesn't mean bad days don't exist. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. Isn't that cool? This quote in the Bible. Though a righteous person falls seven times, they get back up. It doesn't say that a person who's righteous never falls. It says they simply don't stay down. I mean, how can you help when the resurrection power of Christ is within you, falling down, nothing, dying. I mean, he can even take care of that. God just wants to do something in us. I'm not going to go into all this because you can read it. I think it's probably on your handout there, reference, but it's Luke 4. And it's where Jesus reads this portion of Scripture out of Isaiah. I want you to hear this. This is so powerful. Because I was listening to this Bible scholar sharing this, how Jesus starts to read he comes in, and they hand him the scroll. He reads out of Isaiah 61 that we've been focusing on. And then he hands the scroll back, and nobody had any reaction whatsoever. Listen, when he sat down, suddenly the people had a reaction. He did something very rabbi-like. He let his actions speak louder than his words, and he didn't just sit down. The scholar was describing how Jesus actually sat down after reading the script out of uh, the scripture out of Isaiah. He sat down in the seat of Moses, and that's a big deal. He didn't just sit in a general seat. He sat in the seat of Moses. What he was saying was, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, and now I will demonstrate I am the Messiah. What, what happened? The people responded. When you read this, what, what you'll see is the people responded and they said, is not this the son of Joseph? Is that not who this is? Like, it, let me translate that for you into modern day language. Who does he think he is? Okay, so you came in and you read and that's great and that's normal and we expect that, but then you sit there like making a proclamation that you're somebody we can't even believe you are. Let me just tell you, that's what's going to happen in your life. When you step into the next dimension, there are going to be haters standing there to point out who you used to be to try and keep you from becoming everything God wants you to be. But I have had to choose in my life, I will not live up to your low expectations of who I am because you knew who I used to be. 
I'm not going to do that. I want to become everything God has called me to become so that other people will become everything God has called them to become so that this radical kingdom viral movement of the power of God gets awakened in all humanity. The kingdom of God is here. Heaven has come. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We're not who you want us to be in our future. But we're not who we used to be in our past. We're the seed form of tomorrow's harvest, but we're the harvest of yesterday's seed. And out of every harvest comes seed to produce a greater harvest. And so all we know to do is bring the seed of who we are today and ask you to have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, with your eyes closed, I want your hearts open to the Lord. I just want to ask if you're here and you say, I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with God. Maybe you've never prayed to receive Christ. Maybe you have and you've drifted and you're not even sure you're walking with God anymore, whatever that looks like for you. But regardless, you say, I know I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with God. I want you to lift your hand really high. Hold them up there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep, 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 yes, yes, yes. Come on, let's pray this prayer. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Everyone say it out loud. Lord Jesus, you came, you lived, you died but you're alive. Your sacrifice was for my sins. Help me to truly live as I embrace who you are. I understand who I am in Jesus' mighty name.